Well, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen alongside my wife, Pam. We're having regular conversations where we're trying to frame actions and conversations and ways to look at things that everybody faces in married life. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, uh, married life, nothing prepares you for marriage but marriage. And sometimes you don't even realize, am I prepared? (laughs) And based on what we're talking about in today's episode, nothing prepares you for all the different stages and ages in which we live and have relationships too. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do here at Sexy Marriage Radio is just explore what are, what are things that every, everybody faces in relationship? Then we want to help you make actions and conversations to frame and address things even better. Mm-hmm. If you're new to the show or you're new to the nation, uh, you want a handy way to tell people about it or find out what we got going on here, check out the starter packs. These are episodes arranged by topics and by favorites. And you can find all those at smr.fm slash starter. And if you got some feedback about the show or something we missed, want us to cover a little bit more, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And since we're still in the month of January, we are in the midst of a giveaway that's going on regarding the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway, which comes up June 13th through the 15th here in the DFW area. Registration is going on now. So we usually fill up and sell out. So if you want to join us, you're going to want to go to smr.fm slash getaway, register. But the giveaway we're doing is if you will, during the month of January, jump on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, send us an email to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com with the username of said review that you've left us, and you get entered into the chance to win. Your registration will be covered for this year's getaway. Is it only Apple Podcasts or also only Spotify? App, okay. Only Apple Podcasts is the only one that uses uh, the framework where you can actually write out your review. Okay. All the others generally will have, you can leave stars and rate the show, but not Apple is the one that kind of consolidates everything goes through there. That's where a majority of all our listeners go through. And I know a lot of people use a bunch of different platforms, mm-hmm. but if you'll jump on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, then send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com with your username, or somebody even took a screenshot of their review and sent that in. That works well, too. Uh, and then that gets you entered into a chance to win $675 that goes towards your, that covers your registration. Right. And if you don't win, but you enter and you want to join us at the getaway, you get $75 off just by leaving a review like a discount code. It's exactly a discount code. So do that now because the the contest ends at the end of January. We'll let the winner know uh, the first part of February. And then we hope everybody will come that's listening will come join us in June. So coming up today on regular and the extended version today, because everybody gets the full show, uh, we get to join. it's It's a conversation I got to have with John Eldridge about marriage and what's going on post-pandemic, and how he sees the world. It was a great conversation. It was fun to fun to listen to, um, be part of on the back end. Right. I, I thought it gave a good perspective on um, some of the transitions, some of where people haven't gotten back to. Correct, but yeah. But also a, a good way to look at how we look at ourselves now and how we look at uh, our spouses and maybe a, a clean way to 
deal with comp- deal with some of the, the situations Absolutely. we're seeing. Absolutely. And, and John Eldridge is an author. Uh, he, he's part of the Ransomed Heart Ministries. Wild at Heart it was the name, that the book that is the most well-known of his, mm-hmm. but he's got lots and lots of, of... He's an author of several books now, mm-hmm. and everyone I've read of his is great. And so he's a part of a ministry... Uh, that he started, and it's just blowing and going, helping men and women both mm-hmm. uh, to live more fully alive, more vibrant lives for the kingdom, uh, living from our heart. Uh, and so it's he, he's got a great message and great ministry. And this was a great conversation that, frankly, just started with, so what are you seeing going on in the world in the day of uh, today's marriages? Mm-hmm. And off we went to the races. So all that's coming up right after this. It's fun to welcome back, man. This was 11 years ago, John, that, that we talked last. Wow. <laughs> so a lot's changed in the world for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and I, it's a privilege to have you uh, back here to have a conversation again, man. So thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks. Yeah, great to be back, Corey, and, and delighted just that you're still at it and doing, doing great things for, for people. Absolutely. And so you, you have... Uh, if the audience isn't aware of who John Eldridge is, you've written. I've lost no. I've lost count of the number of books and uh, workshops, boot camps. I mean, you guys have just kind of been exponentially going at it, which has been an incredible thing to watch unfold. And so, I'm really curious, man, uh, from your unique take of doing this for several decades now. I, I'm not over speaking that, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, uh, what are you seeing right now in the state of relationships, uh, mm. the state of marriage and the state of people within them? And we can go a lot of different ways, but that's mm-hmm. kind of my opening question. Let's see where mm-hmm. it goes from here. Yeah. Right. Because we could talk about the shallows. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the shallows, um, people are busier than ever. And that busyness takes a toll. I mean, somebody's going to end up paying for that, and it's usually right. your your spouse uh, pays for that. It's just busy, right? So you get home, you're gassed, you've, you've got very little left. Um, the, the amount of like what used to be called leisure time or downtime, right? Yep. <clears throat> People are like, what are, you, what are you talking about, man? Right. It doesn't exist. Well, right. Okay, so frog in the kettle, you th- Everybody thinks, well, that's just the way it is. I would say, folks, that has a cost to it Mm -hmm. and a cost to your soul, your personal well-being, and it it has a cost to your relationships. As you you start dipping down a little bit, I think what I would call like the Midlands, I would say that um, people have not actually fully recovered from the pandemic yeah. And I know we don't want to talk about that. People are like, oh, no, man, that's in the rearview mirror. Like, get right, over it. We're back it. to normal. Yeah. yeah. And we actually aren't. <clears throat> there isn't. People haven't found a new normal that's healthy. Okay. They have a new normal. Good, good clarifier. <laughs> yes. That's a good right. clarifier. <laughs> but it's not healthy. But, Corey, I think the thing that we'll probably end up spending most of our time talking about today is to kind of listen to people. Um, because we're living in a highly unstable and uncertain environment in the world right now, what is surfacing for people is unhealed trauma, um, and primarily unhealed childhood trauma, but not necessarily only childhood. 
Um, and these things are now presenting mm-hmm. themselves in their relationships. I mean, I, I just had the funnest and the funniest Zoom session with a couple this weekend because they were so good at describing. She's like, six-year-old me is talking to 15-year-old him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> That jackpot. You guys are, wow, that's six months down the road, man. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's, it's the Mm -hmm. young, the young places in us, Um, you know, in times of, of when life's great and your vacation's cool and everything's good, that stuff simmers, Mm -hmm. you know, below the surface. But in times when you don't have a lot of margin and you're kind of running on fumes and the world feels pretty chaotic. That stuff really shows up. So down in the depths, that's what I'm seeing. That's, that is what is affecting people's marriages from my perspective. Yeah. So our, this, this is kind of what I've, I would concur with that. And I'd also add the caveat of it seems like what the pandemic did most was take away the bubble of comfort and the fact that we really don't control much of anything. Yeah. And it, and that kind of resurfaced a lot of this whole, I feel totally out of control because I thought I had control. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, the world has always been a fragile place. The pandemic didn't <laughs> make it fragile. No, not, it, not at all. It, it just revealed, but, but fragility. Um, so you've seen anxiety, for example, anxiety disorders going up uh, during and since the pandemic. Uh, yeah, because people need a stable place. They need... They need to know they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so when people are hearing this and thinking, okay, so the six-year-old me is now speaking to the 15 or maybe the six-year-old spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm curious in your take, uh, where, where do they begin? If this, if this uh, realization seems to impact and make a little clarity. Oh, gosh, this is just it's gold. It's absolute gold because it's going to bring a lot of clarity to your marriage and and your relationships. Um, So let's unpack this for a little bit. I know we have some time to do this. I Mm -hmm. I would say, first off, um, try and tune in. How old do you feel uh, when your spouse uh, gets mad at you or or when they're late? And, and they blow off something important to you, or they just completely forget your birthday or, you know, triggering events. Let's call them triggering events. Could be a conversation, mm-hmm. could be an event. And, um, and cause you and I are talking about six year old or 12 year old you like just tune in and, and ask yourself, how old do I feel right now? And it might even be depending on the kindness in the marriage. Okay. Now this is important depending on the kindness in the marriage, you could even ask each other. You could say, hey, babe, um, you know, 32-year-old, you feels like, I don't feel like I'm talking to 32-year-old. You. Right. I, 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 don't, I don't see a 32-year-old person in front of me. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can do that with kindness, wow, you can really help each other towards some understanding. And you can ask your spouse, you say, hon, how, how old do you feel right now in the midst of this, this conversation? And, right. I think you could also add another layer to it in the sense of, uh, so honey, how, how old do you, how do you, how old do you interpret me coming across as? <laughs> <Yes>. yeah, <laughs> who are you seeing? Yeah, exactly. Right? Who, who are you seeing as far as my Absolutely. age? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because if you could begin to get some language around this, 
uh, in, into the marriage, um, the way you use language is really helpful because it's very disarming. Mm-hmm. You can say, you can say, oh, right now, babe, I, I love you, but I really feel like I'm, I'm talking to the angry teenager again. And, and I love her. Uh, and she has a place at the table, but, but is that who you want me to be having mm-hmm. a conversation with right now? And then she can, she can calibrate, right? She can go, right. no, I didn't really mean for her to show up. Um, she needs some care, but mm-hmm. no, I need to talk to you grown up to grown up or, or not. You know, they may say, right. yeah, young me needs some loving care and young me needs mm-hmm. to know because what this couple was working through, for example, was his stress level was triggering six-year-old her. And, and you know, because he would be like tense and intense and we got to get this nailed down. And so his way of coping with stress w- was causing six-year-old her to feel very unsafe. And so it was really kind for her to say, honey, I just want you to know that when you go into that mode, babe, and, and you are like trying to solve everything and, and you're very intense, there are young places in me that do not feel safe. And because he's a good guy, he, he's able to say, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want that to be my effect on you. So mm-hmm. thanks for telling me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so good because I think the terminology and and the the ability because one of the things I believe in strongly is uh, the the idea of I need to learn to self regulate better in intense situations because that just creates a better possibility for everybody, everybody. involved <laughs> rather than we can become so reactive and I think that's the one thing I have I have noticed post pandemic is there's still a undercurrent of reactivity among society and people. Totally. Right? There's still, you can't be in a crowded group. I mean, we went to a football game. We took our son to an NFL football game a couple weekends ago. And there's a guy above me that sneezed. And it's like, uh uh-oh, immediately, you know, you get caught up in this, here we go, we're all dead. You know, (laughs) if we go, if we go way overreactive. Yes. (laughs) And I think that's, for me personally, I'll, I'll own this, this whole thing of what I've recognized in I don't know if it'd be a six-year-old, it'd probably be eight-year-old me, is a hypersensitivity to illness that I absolutely know I have come by genuinely from my mother. Yep. <laughs> so it's something that has been passed down and it's the way it was cultivated and nurtured on the sense that I woke up anytime with, oh, my throat hurts. All right, I got you an appointment with the doctor. We're going right now, you know, and it's just nonstop. And it's like, it made me kind of scared. So you can imagine a pandemic, the level it was, had me freaked. I wanted to crawl into a hole and die sometimes. It's just like, oh, I don't want to see the world. Totally. Right? <laughs> totally. Okay. So let's, let's back up for a moment and give everybody a little bit of self-understanding. So to be a human being is to be many ages. Right. You, you are stained glass. Uh, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. P- humanity is beautiful. Even in our brokenness, we're very, very beautiful, but you are many parts to you. Right. Okay. I think that's a new idea for a lot of people, but it will help them to go, Oh wait, no kidding. You're saying that my fear of illness, like that's actually like a younger me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
that's a younger you. Oh, wow, that's super helpful. And your fear of intimacy, that that's actually a younger you. And 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 you can go on like and you can notice and and if you'll just begin to pay attention, you'll see these different like parts of you, mm-hmm. these different ages show up in different situations. And this is this is the framework that if we could pass this along to your to your tribe today, that that's just such a helpful, helpful piece of information to go, oh, I am I am navigating a variety of inner mm-hmm. inner child, a, a, a variety of inner ages in me. Oh, that's super helpful. And it explains why I overreact to someone sneezing or to someone trying to control me or when someone gets mad, I just freeze. I, I just don't mm-hmm. even know what to do with anger. I just freeze. You go, oh, okay, that, that's okay. That's eight-year-old you, you know, that's okay. That Just that will revolutionize <laughs> marriages to go, oh my gosh, right? Right. And have you seen this uh, concept or idea play out differently between men and women? On how it's it's received, how we how we mm. internalize that, what I do with that, because I could all, I mean, because you you guys, the one thing that I am most impressed. Well, there's a lot of things that I'm impressed by all the work you guys have done at Ransom Heart, and just you individually, is you have a defined focus towards men on some of your messages, defined focus towards women in some of your messages. So I'm curious your take on. When you're talking about how we interrelate to each other, even though there's a lot of similarities among us, there's still differences that make us quintessentially unique. Oh, absolutely. One or the other. <clears throat> 100%. Yeah, because women primarily want to be understood and men primarily want to fix things. Right. And, and those aren't bad, gang. You, right. <clears throat> those those have a place in the world. Like we need empathy and understanding and compassion, and we also need to fix things. <laughs> like, right. Can't, yeah, you can't just leave the world broken, you know. Um, but but this is helpful for men. So when we're talking about becoming aware of different ages, different parts of me, um, I think women would be much more likely to buy in. Um, because the guy is going to go, oh, crap, more to fix, <laughs> right? He's like, <laughs> yeah. ah, dang, dude, don't don't roll this out on me. Like, you're kidding me. Like, no, I'm 35. Leave me alone. You go, well, but that seven-year-old in you really actually is there. And, and mm-hmm. if you'll just allow some space for it. So I'd say men would be a little less quick to buy in. Uh, because it feels like something you have to fix and, and just say, no, fellas, actually, you don't have to fix this. Um, this is going to help you with your addictions, with your anger. It's going to help you with your fear. It's, gonna, it's just going to bring a lot of things into clarity for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think because that, that's the one thing that I think is is important for people to recognize is this idea that Every single one of us has a journey 
that we have stages that we have it completely. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of th- psychological theories out there. There's one is if you don't complete the journey of one stage, you'd never leave it in that aspect of your life. Yeah. Right? And that's, yeah. so there's that, that's terrible of, everywhere to everybody, by the way, you're fine. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree. But, yeah. but it's, it's the idea of there are so many things that we're, we're constantly in the process of developing and becoming. I mean, I love the scriptural concepts of God cares about our character yeah. and our wisdom. And those things are developed. Exactly. Like we, we grow those aspects of us. And a lot of that is exactly what you're describing in that, oh, in that particular area of my life, I haven't grown it. <laughs> I haven't, yes. that, that still shows up in this, in this equation yeah. and wreaks some havoc and then kind of fades off back into the distance and hopes yeah. that, oh, don't, don't, don't look at me. I'm, I'm good. I'm just yes. going to stay hidden over here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, the really hopeful thing about it is that we are all in a process of becoming wholehearted. Wholeheartedness is the goal, where all of you is well and integrated into a mature adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in that journey, um, so now you go, oh, okay, I got some language for this. So, okay, the fear of intimacy thing, that's a seven-year-old in me because there was inappropriate intimacy, you know, or harm. Okay, what does the seven-year-old need? And, and again, guys, like, <clears throat> see, the thing is to, to be wounded for most men is an embarrassment. Right. And we got to out this and go, that's BS, guys. And I'd use stronger language if we weren't podcasting. That's just BS. Like, um, to be wounded is to be wounded. It it doesn't mean you're weak Mm -hmm. or incompetent or immature. It doesn't. It means that there are things happen. Words were said. There was care that was not given. That there was... I mean, Corey, I came to this huge, huge epiphany in the last couple of years um, that was actually about my mom. I always thought, I grew up in an alcoholic home. My dad was the alcoholic. So I was pretty clear on father trauma, father wounds, father abandonment, alcoholism, hypervigilance for me, that kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but to come into some clarity on um, what it was like to have a mother that was always gone, she had to go back to work to pay the bills. Okay. So no harm, no foul. She had to go back, you know, well, she was gone. Mm-hmm. I have no memory of playing with my mom or having her read a book to me. Well, that kind of deprivation does things in the masculine soul. So this is huge. I mean, I, I, I know this feels rabbit holy, but um, no, let's go. Okay. I love rabbit holes. Okay. So the thing is for guys, a lot of the sexual stuff, the, the allure to, I need feminine touch. I, I need intimacy. I need sex. I need, I need breasts. You know, I, I, I um, actually may be rooted in mother deprivation. It, it, it is feminine famine. I, mm-hmm. I literally grew up with a famine. In in the feminine, you know, feminine mercy, feminine presence, feminine care, feminine touch that that a mother provides. Um, and this is a fascinating thing too. Little boys actually need more of this than little girls. Okay. Uh, yeah, they do. More yeah. more snuggling with mom, more kind of things. Um, so if you don't get that, and then you find yourself like drawn to women, 
you go, mm -hmm. maybe there's a hunger there that a younger part of you is trying to fix that doesn't have to do with pornography. It doesn't have to do with sex. It has to do with a famine mm -hmm. in the masculine self. Okay. So what we were talking about is how can guys dial into this? Well, man, that is a huge rescue. Like, oh, uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. Now I can ask, what does the seven-year-old need? Well, he needs kindness. He needs understanding. And 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 I don't I think I used to treat him a little bit like the the adult just kept saying, get your act together. Right. You know? Right. Stop act, stop acting up. If nothing go. else, just stop acting up and, and pitching a fit or going really childish ways to accomplish this goal. Totally. Or wrecking things. Yeah. Like um, what do you need? And so for both men and women, we can begin to tune in and go, honey, right now, my six-year-old just needs to know that, I, that I'm safe and that you're not leaving. And the guy can go, leaving? I'm not leaving. What? How did that get into this picture? Well, right. yeah, young you. Okay, babe, right. I'm not leaving. Let's bring right. that up. Yeah, it's very, very helpful. Name what these places need. Angry teenager may just need a voice. You know, and she says, honey, I just don't feel like I have a voice in this conversation about your parents and should they come for Christmas or whatever. I don't feel like I have a voice. And you go, oh, okay, thank you. Thanks for putting words to that. Let's give the teenager a voice. Yeah. Yeah, because I love, I love the whole framework of this, John, because one of the things I believe in is the idea that a, a great marriage has room for both people in their entirety. Right. Yeah. That, that, and that's not all good and roses and butterflies. You know, it's also wounds, yeah. <laughs> and petulance, <laughs> pain, yeah. uh, trauma, all of that. And so it's just the true compassion, I think, comes about when we have room for each ourselves and mm. each other mm. rather mm. than trying to muscle what I don't like about somebody out because it's just more comfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. Which totally. that's, that's perpetuating the process, the <clears throat> problem here. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And you're only confirming all the fears of those young places in your spouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like that room, room for both of us and room for all of me. Yeah. Yeah, knowing full well it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable, which actually is intimate. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> if I look at it right, in the sense that yes, intimacy is not always going to be warm and fuzzy feelings. It's going to be some discomforting things because I'm learning something about somebody else or myself that I need to have as part of that picture. Well, I like that. <clears throat> I like that. So honesty brings intimacy. Yeah. I, I think like, that's a step uh, in the process. Absolutely. And it's like honesty, that. it's self-honesty, and then it's relational honesty. I mean, doesn't that all yeah. seem to track? Yeah, that does track. That's really good because if you're able to put words to it and say, right now, one of the other pieces of language we use, uh, in addition to, hey, honey, I feel like I'm talking to a 13-year-old right now. <laughs> yep. Um, or eight-year-old me is feeling really anxious about this decision we're trying to make. You know, it's... you. You, why am I immobilized? You're wanting me to make a decision. I just want you to, you know, eight-year-old me is freaking out. Right. Okay, that, that language helps. Another piece of language that's really going to help your marriage is this one. The story I am telling myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, hey, babe, the story that I'm telling myself is you don't care <laughs> what I think right. about this. Right. 
is that true? I, said, I don't think that's true, but the story that I'm telling myself, and it's another way of putting language to there are parts of me that are having mm-hmm. narrative. Yeah. Right. And because the narrative mm-hmm. is the shape shifter of this whole thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? <laughs> that, oh my God. It sets the course in all kinds of different oh ways based on the, the story oh I gosh. attach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know when this is going to air. Um, this particular podcast, but after the holidays, everybody is going to be reeling from this uh-huh. because, because when you go home or when the folks visit or when your uncle Stan shows up, like <laughs> little you goes into mode. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's the family disease. That's I, I use it as when we go home, we catch, we still have the family disease. Yeah. It just, right? it's there. Yeah. And I, I used to get so frustrated. Stacy and I would get in an argument before we left her street, we'd be in the car, leaving her parents' house. We would be in an argument before we hit the stop sign okay. because I would raise something about the dysfunction of her family. But, yep. oh, she's, she's nine, and, and she's defending her family, and, and it mm-hmm. took years for her to be able to see her family objectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, hey, everybody. You get around family, your your spouse is probably going to revert yep. to a certain age. Yeah, and let's and let's go ahead and level set this too. Every single family has certain levels of dysfunction that are only noticed by those outside of the family. Absolutely. <laughs> so every including the two of us talking here today. I yes. know my family has a oh, certain totally. form of crazy. Totally. Absolutely. And I know what I have with my kids is a certain form of crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really. So now you've got some ways of describing that and saying, honey, this isn't blame. I'm just looking for mutual understanding. When we're with your parents, you are five. (laughs) Are you aware of that, sweetheart? (laughs) Like, you know, the the need for approval and the need to, you know, don't rock the boat. And yeah. And pro tip, if you're asked, if you're bringing this up while driving, hold on to the steering wheel very tightly. So that way, if you do reactively try to get pushed out of the car, yeah. you at least have something to hold on to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pro tip. Absolutely. Yeah, and pro tip, probably don't bring this up as you're pulling away from the oh, house. No, no. <laughs> no I, we need a little bit of distance to have some uh, reflective awareness Absolutely. Of, of, of systems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what's cool, guys, again, this is all hopeful, everybody. It's all hopeful because now, two weeks before you go to summer vacation, you know, you, the family visit or whatever, or your sister and her family are coming to town. Two weeks ahead of time, you can say, so honey, um, we're, we're both aware that, that you know, five-year-old you or 13-year-old you shows up and kind of goes into that mode. How how would you like to live this time? Are there mm-hmm. some things we can do? And so you're talking about ahead of time. It's proactive. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. My, my wife and I have a code that we use, which is, hey, honey, do you need a glass of water? Yeah. And that's and code that for... Mean? That means uh, you are a part of the family disease here. You have uh, you have gone back into the fold. You you have lost perspective a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. And then yeah. typically that that means 
uh, like if it's coming to me from Pam, I actually get up from wherever I am and I go to her and we go get a glass of water. Nice. And then what was fun is one year she actually changed it up and said, rather than come actually get a glass of water, whenever either of our families are uh, weighing on us and, and we're getting caught up and wrapped up, um, I'm say the code and then we're going to go someplace and kiss. I'm like, I like this plan. And, that, yeah. and it's just kind of to show yes. we're not trying to bring each other down. We're actually trying yes. to spur each other on. Here. Yes, that's so good. Right. I'm not criticizing, hon. I'm trying right. to give you a hand out of the situation. Right. So I'm assuming, John, that when you're talking about the dynamic of between you and Stacy and, and visiting home earlier on, uh, when you guys were in the midst of your normal mode as husband and wife away from the direct influencers by proximity. Does she have an awareness that's a little different? Cause you can almost build off of that. Cause I always had the benefit of as Pam and I went through our married life longer, we both started recognizing some of the turmoil dysfunction that we brought ourselves in to the relationship with. And so therefore yeah. we kind of have a perspective of like, Oh, my mom drives me so crazy. That's giving her cues into I see some of <laughs> what she absolutely does see, which then gives us yes. a better possibility of building on that. Yeah, that's really good. And, and can we just, I mean, I'm sure you tell your people this all the time. Can we just say, everybody, please get into counseling at some point in your life. <laughs> yes. I mean, come on, like be a realistic human being. You have stuff. Right. And, and there is healing for your stuff. There is. Um, the best thing you can do for your marriage is go to counseling. I mean, individual counseling right. first, right? So Corey, we both did. And, and that really opened up the conversation because then there was an independent, you know, non-biased right. party right. who, who was helping us see no, you know, when you get home or you get around your mom again, these things get triggered right. and, Stacy actually is seeing things pretty clearly. Yeah. So that's super helpful. Gosh, folks, if you haven't been in therapy yet, <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> this is your 2024. This is your new you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the importance. I mean, my dad used to say that I've just carried it forward. Everybody needs therapy because everybody's born in families. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and schools and, and work. Right. And I mean, there was all kinds of places where harm happened. Right. So I want to pivot this real quick, uh, just, just a little bit, because I'm curious uh, when we bringing into the framework of the, the parts of me that are being revealed as far as the six-year-old me, the nine-year-old me, the 15-year-old me. We've hinted around the idea of intimacy, but I'm also, well, I want to have a conversation about how that's going to wreak havoc in sex too, because I think those two are different. Intimacy and sex are two separate things that overlap a lot at times, but they're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because we've kind of talked about that in some regards that uh, the boy in me often would lead the charge when it came to sex with Pam. <laughs> and 
she likely, if I'm thinking about this accurately now based on our conversation, would have been wise to rebuff some of those advances because she didn't want to have sex with a young boy, metaphorically speaking. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's really good. <clears throat> that's really good. Um, huge to be aware of who is initiating, but also who is rebuffing. Yeah. Um, because again, like, as you know, the data is horrible on this. The number of women that experience sexual traumas as children, is just astronomical. Yeah. And, and so, um, Here's a very touching story. So I was marrying a couple, and it was actually him. It was the young groom uh, I was officiating. And and uh, we were in the back room, and he is having a panic attack right before the service. Mm -hmm. and, and and I asked him, I said, how old, do you, how old do you feel right now? And he says, I don't know. I'm just young, young. I don't feel like an adult. I feel young. I said, here's what I want you to know. Um, I'll call him David. Young David, I want to talk to you right now. You don't have to get married, and you don't have to have sex tonight. Young David, older David has got this. Older okay. David has got this. <clears throat> okay. It totally, like, mm -hmm. he came out of the panic attack. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why women? Why am I bringing this up on the female side? Well, because um, if a woman internally is not liking the idea of having sex, ask yourself how old you feel. Because 37-year-old you may actually really enjoy sex, mm -hmm. right? It, it's eight-year-old you, okay, who hasn't healed yet from the trauma. And so you can literally say to eight-year-old you, oh, sweetheart, this isn't, the, you're not, you don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. I got this. Older me got has got this. Right. This this is for big me. Right. And because those feelings in us of interest or the lack of interest may be coming out of younger places in us. Yeah. I guess is what we're trying to say. Absolutely. And I, I can almost hear when we can start to get more integrated, to use the words you used earlier. One hundred percent. Within that dynamic of ourselves, within the close proximity of somebody else doing the same thing, that's where you get yes. sex on a whole nother level, right? That it's a yes. it's a spiritual yeah. oneness. Yeah. It's a bonding. Oh, it's a soulful thing. It's not just an act you're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. So to be kind, we, we need to talk a little bit about integration. Okay. Um, and that's, that's a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> it's a series, it's a whole podcast series in itself, but let's just, let's just give a couple tools towards integration. And one is how does older you feel about younger you? Okay. And how does younger you feel about older you? Because most of us, older us is still pushing younger us away. Right. And you're not going to get to wholeheartedness while that's happening. Right. Okay. So oftentimes there needs to be forgiveness, apology, kindness. Old, like older me was the drill sergeant towards younger me. Just get your act together, man. Stop crying. Get your, you know, right. um, that doesn't work. And even to give younger you a voice to say, how do you feel about older me? So, you know, you're, you're feeling seven years old and you go, seven-year-old me, how do you feel about grown-up me? And go, I'm scared of it. Mm -hmm. Go, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Because for integration to happen, the two of them have to like each other. Right. 
older you needs to like younger you, younger you needs to like older you. Okay. Or they won't come home together. They won't reintegrate. <clears throat> and then because a large part of your audience is coming from a faith perspective, the most hopeful thing in the world is this. The soul is healed through union with God. Right. The soul is healed through union with God. This is the most lovely thing in the universe. It is that the kind, tender, loving God who created you is able to come to those young places and provide care and, and assurance and healing. Um, and so what I do when I'm feeling younger me or raging 17-year-old me, there's an angry teenager there, um, is, is, I, is I say, okay, Papa, Father, Father God, Papa God, I need you here. Would you come here? Meet me in this place. And just that simple prayer of just meet me in this mm -hmm. place um, can really bring us towards integration. Yeah. Yeah, because that that just because I, what I hear you describing is that's an that is the aspect of where we learn to settle mm. ourselves mm. and all of ourselves, mm. <laughs> if you will, right? Exactly. That rather yeah, like than let that. one run the show, uh, yes. settle into right. it and see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, that's good. Well, man, this has been a privilege to to steal some thoughts and some time with you, man. And I so much oh, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Corey. So it flew by, as they so. always do. Uh, you know, great conversations. You just get caught up in them, and and they just go. So, uh, yeah. but yeah. in case somebody doesn't know how to find you, where would they do so? <laughs> yeah. So we are Wild at Heart. Uh, that's the name of the organization. It's the name of the podcast. Wildatheart.org. It's our website. Wild at Heart app. Mm -hmm. Wild at Heart podcast. Yeah. So, and there is a, a f whole slew of tremendous resources there. So I, I highly recommend uh, checking it out to the audience. So John. For, for free. Ab by the absolutely. Way, it is. I noticed that change <laughs> within the last couple of years. I was like, whoa, everything just completely shifted in the way you guys were going. Yeah. So that's so great. Yeah. Well, blessings on the continued mission. And thank you so much. Man. Thanks. Thanks, pal. Great to be with you, Corey. How great is it that 11 years ago or so was when I first got a chance to have a conversation with John Eldridge. Mm -hmm. uh, and then even prior to that was, um, I, got to, I got a chance to meet him real quickly when I went to one of their Wild at Heart boot camps. Yeah, that so was, was a, a transformational quick, thing for right, me. It was a real quick exchange I got to have with him and some of his team. Uh, but they've got some fantastic work going on. Mm -hmm. And I love... His the spirit in which he goes about things, mm -hmm. uh, even just the conversation. There's just an ease in having a conversation with him, which I think just makes an ease of this kind of topic that we covered, of the way he looks at the stages and the ages of life. Right. Well, the, the standout comment to me, which is good simplicity, to be a human being is to be many ages, and he refers to us right. as being stained glass, right? But to to look at it, we often forget that we live through certain ages of life, mm -hmm. and sometimes we revert back to those stages of life. Sometimes we haven't left that stage of life, in a way, yeah. psychologically yeah. speaking. Yeah, and our and our spouse has those situations too. Some of the things think are things maybe that we should have dealt with and we haven't. Some of the things we just haven't uncovered yet. But I think it's a real good clean framework 
that can help make maybe some of the things you're dealing with a little clearer. Maybe some of the things your spouse is dealing with a little clearer. Maybe the communication you and your spouse have. I mean, as I was listening um, to this, there were some parts of it that I was like, I think I'd be ticked if Corey told me I was, oh, that's your 15-year-old self talking, (laughs) right? There's some parts of that that'd be like, seriously? You want me to tell you where pretty, you're coming from? Pretty accusatory from? quickly. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so clearly there's got to be some sort of dialogue that spouses have to to not make that an inflammatory well, comment. Well, if I sprung this on you without you being aware of the framework, it could easily be, what in the world? How dare? And now all of a sudden off you both go to the race. Yeah, it could escalate. But if the two of you are really looking at... If we had this conversation yeah. now after having you listening to the conversation I had with him uh, a couple weeks ago from mm-hmm. the time we're recording in this airs today, um, there's a different foundation. For sure. But it's like, hey, just I love the simplicity of, so what age are you feeling right now? Where, where are you? as you're experiencing what you're feeling right now, because it's honoring what people are feeling, which that's what gets so important. Mm -hmm. Because how often do we quickly, I will say I do this. I can very quickly, I just got to get rid of that feeling. I'm just tired of this tension, you you know? And so it becomes, I'm attacking the the feeling rather than, hold on, how do I honor what's being born up in me with this? And then born up in you and born up in our kids, born up in clients, born up in friends. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's the seeing each other. That's the connecting on a deeper level. That's a fantastic marital uh, process that we can go through and just enhance a lot of things. Agreed. Well, if we left something undone or we missed something, please let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. It's also where you can send us the username of the review that you've left for, for the show and get entered into the contest to get your getaway registration covered. Uh, transcripts are available on the show notes on each of the episode's pages. And all our advertisers' deals and discounts codes are also available on each of the episode's pages. So please consider supporting those who support the show. So wherever you are and however cold it has been for you this week, and the part of the country you are in, the part of the world you are in, hope you've stayed warm. Hope everything is warming up for you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.